right? And so I think uh, I think that works, but we'll just we'll see what happens today. It should be pretty easy. Angie, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> it's good to see you on here. <laughs> it's always good to see you on here. Thank you for inviting me again. Su surprise! It's an invite. It's a standing invite. You know, everybody everybody's on the show. I expect a recurring invite on this uh, every Tuesday. Every guest gets a recurring invite. So Amy Beth, just keep the link. <laughs> Join us. I'll just jump in whenever I feel like it. That's right. Well, let's get it started. Here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. I feel like if we could just keep that music going through the whole thing and we just have a little bit of background. So uh, welcome listeners to CXR Podcast. I'm Chris Hoyt, president of Career Crossroads. I am happy that you have tuned in for this episode or that you're listening live while you are out and about or on your treadmill or your bike or just working away at your desk. Uh, if you are joining us live on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or I think even our website now at cxr.org slash podcast, you can drop a note to us in the text. Just say hello, share your social or professional profile with us. We'll make sure to connect with you directly. Uh, also, you can drop in any questions that you might have for our guests, and uh, we'll see if we can get those addressed over the course of this roughly 20-minute show. Now, if you didn't join us last week, I'm not mad about it, but you did miss on the pleasure of connecting with Angie Veros, who is founder, CEO, and sourcing sorceress. Now, if you missed it, the episode is obviously up on the site, but I want to let you know that here at CXR, we just keep raising the bar. And we're going from a sourcing sorceress to a research goddess. I'm pumped to welcome Amy Beth <laughs> Quinn to the show. Amy Beth, how are you? Hey, Chris. It's nice to see you, you again. You weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> no. Let's do a close-up. There we go. It's a little bit better. It's good to see you. Thanks for joining the show. You too. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So for those who don't know, uh, Amy Beth Quinn, maybe give us uh, what I, I like to ask for an escalator pitch. So give us the escalator pitch of who Amy Beth Quinn is and, and why we should maybe be tuned in or stay tuned in uh, to what you have to say today. Sure. Um, so I am the director for global talent sourcing at ServiceNow. Um, I am actually coming up uh, in a couple of months on uh, 20 years in talent acquisition. Uh, which uh, just is unbelievable to me uh, that I've been in this world for so long. Um, I have, you know, you name it, I've, I've done it when it comes to talent acquisition. Um, I've been a full cycle recruiter. Um, I've been a researcher. I've been a sourcer. Um, I used to be the editor for SourceCon. I was the OG editor, uh, the original uh, editor for SourceCon. Um, you know, so I've, I've uh, been around the block in talent acquisition. I always come back to sourcing. I always come back to that because it's my first love. So um, here I am living the dream um, at ServiceNow, uh, running a, a global team here. I love that. I love it. And I'm, I'm glad you're here living the dream with us. I think that's great. <laughs> so I do want to welcome, we've got a guest in the green room. If you were on early, uh, you saw our welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen, NJ. Hi, Hello. Angie. Hi, Amy. <laughs> it's so good to see you. Always good to see you. 
Good stuff. So, Amy, so the topic today, we invite Angie in here because, Angie, if you're on the show last week, and Angie, maybe for those who maybe missed the show, I, I might be a little bit mad about it, but why, why don't you share just really quickly, just give us kind of a quick rundown of who you are and what your organization does. Uh, so thank you, Chris. So um, I, I, I'm coming up on 20 years, just under Amy Beth. So I've been in the business for about 17 years and uh, sourcing is an area that I absolutely love. And what we do at VIA is we help companies when they're looking to scale. Uh, so we help partner with them in, um, it, and help them with their sourcing needs. So that's my story. And for those of you who missed it last week, catch it on um, cxr.works forward slash podcast. That's pretty good. Thanks for the promo. We love that. <laughs> this, I mean, the show is literally just us connecting with people that we love and talking about stuff we just want to talk about. So if anybody's expecting any fancier production than this, this is it. This is this is what you get. Uh, so look, Amy Beth, you joined our sourcing meeting up, well, about a week ago, right? And we had mm -hmm. about 40 sourcers, researchers, and I think sourcing leaders that were on. And you presented on the topic of career pathing for uh, sourcing professionals. So I'm going to play the devil's advocate because you know you know where I stand on this, right? We've known each other a long time. But I want to ask this question for the folks who may not know. Don't sourcers just get promoted to be recruiters? Why do sourcers <laughs> need a career path? Well, um, I guess, you know, if, if you think back on the history of, you know, how talent sourcing came about, um, this all used to be one role. It used to be a headhunter. And over the years, um, headhunting to hire people has become more and more complex. Um, so the complexity is what really caused um, channel specialties to break out from uh, you know, the end-to-end -end hiring process. You've got specialties like um, employer branding and recruitment marketing. You've got specialties like um, university and, and campus uh, recruiting. You've got specialties like talent insights and research. And of course you have talent sourcing, which focuses on the top of the funnel. I like to tell people that my team looks for people who don't know yet that they want to work here. And it's an important part of the hiring process uh, because not everybody is going to see your job advertisement. Not everybody is going to be actively looking for a new opportunity. Not everybody knows that they can be happier in another, another place. And that's why talent sourcing has become important and has grown in importance, I would say, even in the last few years um, to capture attention of people who may not be tied to your brand, uh, to mm -hmm. your company, or may not be actively looking for their next opportunity. Interesting. So you talked a little bit about in your escalator pitch, you gave us a little bit of history on sort of where you've been, but can you kind of, can you kind of walk us through that path with a, just a little bit more detail? And Angie, you're next. Cause I definitely want to ask <laughs> for you to share sort of your path. Cause also you're both in the same channel, sort of a, of interest in the business, right? Both in that sourcing and search and uh, lead gen piece, but you've got some, you got a different path to get there. Um, I studied exercise and sports science in college. So, I mean, clearly like that was a, a path directly into talent sourcing. <laughs> um, Easily. <laughs> um, I have my, my wonderful sister-in-law, Christy, to thank for me being here. Um, she called me up one, one day when I was living in Florida and she said, Hey, um, I know you're, you like computers. <laughs> so that was really the start of the whole conversation. Um, she was working for an agency at that time and she, uh, they had a, an internet research position open. So knowing that I enjoyed doing stuff on computers, um, she called me up and said, why don't you come up and interview for this role and visit me and your brother for a long weekend. So, you know, 
me being an adventurous person, I was like, okay, <laughs> went from uh, Florida up to Ohio and interviewed for the position and got it. And um, I mean, that started the journey. I fell in love with research. Um, I worked in agencies for uh, about five years before I took my first corporate opportunity. Um, along the way, I had a really uh, great um, collection of people that um, mentored me uh, throughout my career. And I remember one conversation um, with Joanna Clark. She had come to um, Seattle. Uh, Joanna and I worked together at AT&T. We went to dinner one night. And uh, she encouraged me to, you know, spread my wings and try full cycle recruiting. You know, I poo-pooed that. I was like, I like sourcing. I don't want to be a full cycle recruiter. But she encouraged me. She said, in order for you to like truly understand what you love, you need to try other things. So um, I, I, you know, did full cycle recruitment in a couple of different companies. And, you know, I was good at it. I won't say I was the, the most awesome recruiter. Um, I was good enough at it, but it really helped me to solidify my love of the research and the talent sourcing um, component of Enda and hiring. So that was really important to me was having that encouragement from somebody to, you know, like stretch out of my comfort zone and, you know, just to, to, to understand what I really, what I really loved and enjoyed. Oh, I love that. So not, not a direct path outside of the whole sports piece, but uh, so, so Angie, you have a nearly identical story, don't you? It, well, kind of, except not the sports path. Um, I actually was a stockbroker before I fell into recruitment. And uh, I did, I fell into it because uh, after September 11th, it was difficult to find a job in the financial sector. And so my recruiter actually said, well, why don't you just become a recruiter? You know, you know the financial piece and we're a financial services firm, so come and recruit. And I think, you know, to Amy Beth's point, I enjoyed the recruitment, uh, but what I really liked was the research. So it was hard for me to go out and get jobs from clients. And so the, the senior recruiters, you know, the, the people that have been there for a really long time were the ones that were managing the client relationships, but they couldn't find the, they couldn't find the candidates. So I said, look, I'll find the candidates and then you guys manage the relationships. And then it just got me into sourcing and research and looking for people and, I mean, that's the piece that I love. I love uh, I love doing that. And I worked for Amy Beth on her sourcing and research team at one point, and it was the most amazing experience that I've ever had. So Amy Beth, I uh, I learned so much from you and uh, it, it was an absolute pleasure working for you. And, and uh, I, I, I can't thank you enough for everything that I learned. Aww. 20 bucks coming your way. <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Advice for twenty dollars. Twenty bucks. I'll say some nice things about you, Chris. Twenty bucks. So I feel like Lucy in the booth, right? Five five cents for you get a little psychiatric advice. So no, I've never met such a passionate leader um, for the love of the game, and that's really Amy Beth. You know, she is so passionate and such an amazing leader, an amazing mentor, and. Uh, Chris did not ask me to come here and say these things, but I haven't talked to you in such a long time. And, and, and I mean, it. it's been a long time since we spoke and it's the, the things that she has built in previous organizations and continues to build um, is something that's truly unique and, uh, and, and, and amazing. So uh, my hat off to you, ABQ. 
Nice. Thank well, you. look, so, okay, so it's a great segue. So we talk about things that Amy Beth likes to build. So Amy Beth, wh why don't you talk us through, because part of the reason we said, oh my gosh, you got to get you on the show, right? It did, it only took us 15 minutes to get to the point, but the idea is that like you, you have begun this work that really addresses career pathing for sourcing professionals, right? And it might not be exactly what some people or most people I would think, think, do you want to kind of talk us through it? And I think, if you've got a, I think you got a slide or something, just let me know when you want me to throw it up there, but maybe talk us through some of this. Yeah, it's, it's fun to look at the path <laughs> um, and kind of how it's evolved. I mean, yeah, go for it. Toss, toss that up there. Let's take a All look right. at it. <laughs> um, there's my career path on the bottom. It's kind of messy, uh, but I mean, that's the whole idea of enjoying the journey, right? The journey uh, can be incredibly messy, but that's how you gain experiences and uh, wisdom. Um, I, I can't remember um, who shared the, the post on, on LinkedIn a few months ago, but it was, you know, talked about, uh, you know, length of time in a job, um, you know, versus impact. And <clears throat> I commented on this and said, you know, this is, this is not about experience. It is about truly about experiences. And the only way to get experiences is to try different things. Um, you know, I, you know, to the, the comment I made earlier about my conversation with Joanna, I appreciate that um, so much because I, I would have stayed in my comfort zone and, you know, I, I probably still would have been, you know, doing something in sourcing, but it really did help solidify that that's where I wanted to be. Um, that's actually something that um, my team at ServiceNow, you know, we, we drive hard um, across the organization is Think about what you want to do. Nobody's going to care about your career path as much as you do. And your managers will support you, uh, or I should say good managers will support you um, <laughs> and help to enable, you know, your, your uh, growth um, and however you choose to design your career path. Um, but you have to take ownership of it and make those decisions for yourself. So, you know, one of the things that's important to me is making sure that however people want to grow, um, we can support that and facilitate it through good um, foundational skills, skills building. Um, you know, for sourcing, I think there's a lot of uh, skills that are similar to, uh, you know, full cycle recruitment, uh, but there's also stuff that's very different. There's a passion um, in good talent sourcers for the top of the funnel work. There's a passion for uh, information discovery and creative approaches to grabbing somebody's attention um, and being able to talk to candidates about opportunities that they might not have been thinking about. There's different skills that um, are, are going to make people successful in those types of roles. So what, what does it look like when you're talking about sharing uh, how, how to address career pathing for sorcerers and expectations? Is it just telling them that Look, I'm going to throw some spaghetti on the floor, and this might be your career path, and that's okay. Or is there a little more to that methodology? I think at the foundation of it is understanding what is different um, between full cycle recruitment and talent sourcing. Um, you know, this is something that you know whether you are hiring talent sourcers or whether you are looking for a role in talent sourcing. Uh, these are questions that should be asked in the interview process. Um, if you're hiring for talent sourcers, you got to make sure you understand what you're going to be asking those people to do and what is different about those asks um, from full cycle recruiters on the team. 
Um, if you're looking for a role in talent sourcing, it's important to ask um, the person that you're interviewing with, how does your company define talent sourcing? Talent sourcing in a lot of companies is uh, a little bit more heavy on the research side of things and may not involve candidate engagement. Whereas other companies, you know, may have talent sourcers doing um, engagement up to, uh, you know, the point of, of making offer decisions. If you don't understand how a company defines talent sourcing before joining it, and it's not in alignment with the things that you love, um, it's going to be a mismatch. So um, I think that's the foundation is, is understanding how that how that role is defined and does it match with what you want to do. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Anyway. So I'll pivot a little bit to Angie, because last week, Angie, we talked a little bit about sort of this. I don't want to steal your thunder, but sort of the same thing about letting people do the work they're they're happy about, they're ha most happy about, excited about. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, you know, we, we do it a little differently where we have people that just source, no engagement. They just find people. And that's the research piece that I think ABQ is talking about. And um, and it's just a different path. You know, people like to sit at their desks eight hours a day, you know, and just look for people and dig. And if, if that if it were up to me, I would do that all day long. I love to source and I love to find people. And then the engagement piece is a little different, right? You've got people who are passionate about being creative and creating message techniques so that they can reach out to candidates. And I like to do that, but I love to just go in and create a Boolean string. I, I know that sounds really nerdy, but I'd love to just research and find out where I can find the people to your point, ABQ, that don't know yet that they want to be found. Right. And so that, that, that's, that's exactly, you know, everybody does it differently. Yeah. Good stuff. So what's next with this, Amy Beth? Like you, you've set the stage sort of with, with your team and now sort of throughout, you know, throughout the space a little bit in terms of like chase what makes you happy, right? I'm just going to summarize. So sorry, but chase what makes you happy. Experiment, right? It's okay to step outside of your comfort zone as hard as that may be. And as many years as it may take to convince someone, they should step outside their space because they can always step back in, but they may find something new or it may just what? Uh, reinforce the fact that they were doing what they what they truly were meant to be. Mm -hmm. So what what's next with this piece? Um, that's a good question. I I mean, each person's journey is going to look very different. Um, you know, and and you know, to your point, like sometimes it's going to take a lot longer um, to you know get to that point where you really and truly know what you love doing. Um, the so I'm, I'm thinking back to the first um, the, the first SourceCon I actually got to speak at and talk about the role of internet research. And uh, when I was a kid, I enjoyed reading the Two Journal Adventure books. Um, if anybody oh, doesn't remember oh, those, I loved those. Were my <laughs> they were they were awesome. Uh, for for anybody that isn't familiar with those books, um, they are uh, it's a series of like little short stories. Um, each book, you know, you read up to a certain you know point, and then you have to choose a path, and you turn to you know a specific page in the book and continue your path. I always liked reading those books in reverse. I wanted to find the the ending that I that I wanted, and I would reverse engineer how to get to that. So um, I think that's, you know, part of why I really enjoy research and, and talent sourcing is because, you know, I, I, I'm looking for that, you know, that, that best ending and, you know, trying to figure out how to get there. Uh, but that's really each person's, you know, career journey. You have to choose your own adventure. You can't, you know, just follow the path that, um, you know, you think others expect you to be on um, or, you know, that the, you know, the rest of your team or, or your colleagues are on, you have to think seriously about what is going to make you happy. 
um, what you enjoy doing most in your job, you know, understanding along the way, you know, there's, there's parts of every job that are going to be painfully boring um, or, you know, just, just the time suck. Um, but, you know, what can you tolerate? What won't you tolerate? But, you know, each, each person's on a choose your own adventure journey, in my opinion. Well, I think um, I'll ask Angie the same. Like, Angie, what would you tell? Well, I, I, you have a great story, I think, that really deserves a call out of hiring a barista. Do you, I mean, for, I don't know that Amy Beth caught a lot. Can you, can you give us sort of the, the uh, short version of how you hired a barista to be a, a, a sorcerer, a researcher for you? Yes, yes. So um, I was sitting at a at a hotel um, cafe uh, about a about a year ago, and I brought my laptop with me, and I was doing some work. And the um, the server, uh, you know, he was very polite. Uh, I would go there often, you know, three, four, five, six times a week sometimes. And he asked me one day, oh, you know, in English, you know, what are you doing? Because I was I'm in Greece what are you doing? And uh, I told him, you know, this is what I do. I'm looking for people. Uh, you know, I just explained to him what I was doing. And he said, oh, that's interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more? And so I just told him a little bit more. And then the next day he came back, he brought me my coffee, he remembered. And uh, long story short, he I gave him my card and I said, look, if you're looking for a job and I can help in any way, please let me know because I can connect you with the right people. But if you're looking to learn a little bit more about what we do, um, I'd be happy to talk to you about that as well. And so he actually sent me an email later that day and wanted to learn more. And I told him, this is what we do. We research, we look for people, and this is how we do it. And we talk about, you know, Boolean, and we talk about the different tools. And a year later, so I hired him and uh, had no experience, educated with a degree, spoke very well English. And a year later, he um, sends a note on our company Slack and says, so here's how the story goes. A year ago, I was serving Angie a double Greek coffee, no sugar. And uh, now I'm here sourcing for, you know, gameplay engineers and, you know, financial analysts or whatever it was that he said. And so I think that the mindset to become a researcher or a sourcer, you don't have to have a certain background, you know, to Amy, Amy Beth's experience and my experience. I was a broker. I just knew how to, you know, dial for dollars. And um, and he and he did it. He was curious and he wanted to research and he learned and he went through training. And I think it makes sense, especially in today's world, with the, the talent being so scarce or so difficult to find in this field. If you find good people that are curious and willing to learn, take a chance on them and uh, and you'll get you know, you'll get a Daniel. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Daniel. There you go. I think so. What I what I take away from both of you and the story, and thanks for sharing that again, Angie. Sure. It it really is about you know not not just being comfortable to take risks, but also having people in your corner. So you're talking about having uh, a future leader or a current leader uh, in both of your stories, or even a colleague. I think Amy Beth, you mentioned that as well. Who who is there for you? So not just to listen to some, but to push you out of your comfort zone a little bit, and then support you in that move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, I think it's also important as a quick call out and just, to, just to bring us all the way back is that if you are a sourcer or a researcher in your role and you're looking at the corporate org chart, you're wondering what's my next move. It's probably not directly above you on the org chart, right? May, may not, may not even be on that org chart might still be at the organization, but might be somewhere else entirely. So I think you got to open up your eyes a little bit and maybe get out of your comfort zone. 
Yeah. That's why those um, foundational skills uh, building is so important because those are the skills that will be portable um, if you, you know, choose to go into talent insights or you want to, you know, get into um, HR or if you want to go a completely different direction and get into, you know, like a product role or into a finance role exactly. or, you know, like sales enablement was an example I used a couple of weeks ago. You know, there's a lot of um, overlap in, in skill area between sales enablement and, um, and, and research. I mean, the competitive intelligence piece alone. Uh, but those foundational skills are important to exercise. And, you know, those can sometimes be the boring components of it. Um, you know, one of the things that we focus on on my team is operational rigor, because regardless of what type of a, a career path you choose for yourself, being able to, um, you know, be a, being a good time management, um, you know, individual, like being able to manage your calendar, uh, being able to, um, you know, show, uh, show your work, you know, reporting, um, you know, documentation, that's all important stuff. It's some of the most boring parts of most roles, but um, it's such a portable skill set, regardless of what career path you choose for yourself. Yep, I'd agree with that completely. Well, I thank you both for your time today. A couple of quick things that I want to tell everybody about really quickly before we head out. Um, Upcoming, so on May 5th, we're gonna to pull together about 100 TA leaders for our spring leadership meeting. Now we've got a special surprise guest coming to delight our attendees uh, and tackle the topic of transformation. Additionally, we have a powerhouse panel of TA leaders arranged. They're the heads of talent from Ford Motor Company, uh, Thermo Fisher and Roche, and they're gonna tackle that same topic, transformation within TA. Uh, May 11th, we are welcoming Athena Karp. She is the CEO and founder of Hired Score. Uh, and she's going to walk our members through what's new at Hired Score and, of course, what's ahead in one of our what we're calling CXR Solutions Spotlights. Uh, and, of course, we'll not want to miss the members and alumni meeting coming up. That means if you have ever been a CXR member uh, or you are a current CXR member, this meeting is open to you. Uh, it's coming up on May 19th, and we're actually leaning all the way in on transparency and TA. Now, Jerry's working on a project. I would have let him do the... Uh, uh, the promo for this bit, but he's got a two-part article. Uh, you can go to cxr.works, scroll all the way to the bottom, or you can just head to cxr.works slash headlines uh, to see it. Uh, really great segments on taking a stand on transparency in recruiting uh, and the movement so far on pay transparency and what he thinks is ahead. Now, within both of those, there is a survey that anybody can take uh, that's asking about what elements of recruiting needs more transparency. So it's super easy. So regardless of what level you are at or what field or, or division of recruiting that you may be in, uh, I'd really encourage you to check that out. Drop your thoughts in on that one, that one question survey. Uh, again, all of these are over at cxr.works slash events or in the blog section. Uh, now I wanna call something out. We do a monthly, this new CXR lecture series. We bring a monthly guest in and they talk about uh, topics that our leaders have said are, are hot developmental issues or need more attention with their teams, right? So last week, we did Overcoming Adversity, and we had Bruce Hood in. Fantastic session. Uh, but there was sort of an interesting piece in there. Uh, Amy Beth, I don't know. Did you happen to catch this? I think I don't know that you were on that particular piece that we did. Were you on it? No. Mm -mm. Okay, okay, so this is new. Don't worry. It's in the library. You can watch it. Uh, but there was a great reminder in there that we all have to sort of take a moment and breathe. So I want to ask each of you, it's hectic, it's crazy. We're busier than we have ever been. You can't deny it. I want to ask each of you what you do to relax. How, how do you unwind a little bit? 
Angie, why don't you go first? Do you, do you have a method or a, a way to sort of just remind yourself to breathe? So I do. Um, I, I go for a walk every morning. If I don't go for a walk in the morning and just at least get that in, because I sit a lot of hours, uh, it's, uh, it's hard. And, um, and it, it's a release for me. Uh, I, I, you know, on my watch, my watch alerts me every 50 minutes that I need to get up and I, and I need to move and I need to just take a moment back. Um, so I just do that. You know, I, I remember listening to someone talk about breathing exercises, you know, take two deep breaths in, you know, deep and then let them go. And so I catch myself from time a time doing that throughout the day and it does make a difference because it is really busy and and really hectic so um th that's how i try to do it and i try not to work too late um and try to take a little bit of time you know to to really just capture the moment because it is crazy busy so that's i, I try breathing exercises they 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 work yeah i would agree i think in fact that's one of the set in the session the lecture series we did that was an interesting exercise that he walked us through it was kind of fun amy beth what do you what do you do you play with the dog do you breathe do you go for a walk what, what do you do to stay sane well um my husband and i just uh relocated um to a pretty uh rural part of um the eastern part of the u.s and um, we have a lake on the property um, I've discovered that we have a few pretty large fish in that lake. And um, for whatever reason, it's I, I enjoy watching them um, swim around the lake. So I'll, I'll take a walk uh, out there and, you know, watch different things that are happening in the lake. There's some turtles in there, and bullfrogs, um, the fish swimming around. It's, it's calming to me just to see, um, you know, nature and, and its, its beauty and, and natural element. Um, you know, another good thing for me is is talking to my husband. I have an incredibly supportive um, husband who, um, you know, he he will listen um, if I need to vent. He'll help me problem solve things if I'm, um, you know, going through some challenges. And you know, having a person in your life that um, will give you that time um, and and lend a listening ear is is so invaluable. So I'm very thankful to have him. I love that. I love it. Well, you are very, very fortunate, very lucky to have a partner like that. Um, mm -hmm. I so both of those are mine, really. So it's funny that you mentioned that the breathing exercise, right, Angie, and then a bit of that nature. Um, we did, uh, I've been a headspace user for years, right? So that mindful meditation, we actually gave away 25 licenses for CXR's 25th birthday. Uh, anniversary, excuse me, not birthday. I guess it would be birthday. Uh, but the, like we just believe in it. I've been doing it on and off uh, for maybe five years. Uh, and it's just been a huge boon for me. So nice, nice space. But what I want to just call out, do, I know both of you know this person, Heather Bussing. Yes? Breathe. We're nodding. Yes. Lawyer, uh, photographer, all around really good person. Uh, we're going to take a page directly from her book today. We're going to close out with a reminder that no matter what we're doing, uh, we need to remember to just stop. There it is. You saw it. Just stop and breathe. So whatever you're doing, if it's safe, try to sit still, uh, take some deep breaths, and enjoy these 30 seconds uh, on the beach with us.
Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time. Oh,